It's the 120 Podcast. Mikey Farrelly alongside Benjamin Hootie. And get your hot dogs here. Get your hot dogs. I can't do it nearly as well as Jonah Fialco, who's our guest today. Jewish Jonah, you might know him as on TikTok or Jonah the Hot Dog Vendor. He has a lot of aliases, as you'll hear in the beginning of this interview, Ben. But it was a great interview. I enjoyed doing it, and I can't wait to share it here with the listeners. Yeah, for sure. It was an awesome interview, Jonah. As much as he's a hot dog vendor at Wrigley Field, he's a huge Cubs fan, and you'll see that throughout the video or throughout the interview. Really good time with Jonah, and I hope that you guys enjoy the interview as much as we had having him on. As you've learned with our Bellison interview, with our player interviews. We definitely sit on these for usually two weeks. We had a we had kind of a backed up schedule. We got a bunch of people doing interviews all at once. I think we had like did two or three in one week at one point. So yeah. this one's also about two weeks old. I don't believe anything is super uh, topical, though. It's more of just a repeat of last season, talking about last season and then um, just moving forward to the future. And I think the coolest part for me that you're going to hear is just the the separate democracy of these vendors at Wrigley Field and the way they do their drafts and and all that. So I, I'm really looking forward to hearing feedback on this interview. Yeah, for sure. It was a lot of fun, and I hope you guys all enjoy it. Joined by Jonah Fialco, Jonah, the vendor, Jewish Jonah. You might know him as a lot of different names on TikTok and everywhere around Cubs community. But Jonah, thank you for being here with us today. Wow, it's it's a pleasure to have one of our very own vendors who went massively viral this season on TikTok in the in the Zoom with us today. Yeah, appreciate you having us. I'm uh, excited to chat all things vending and Cubs baseball. So yeah, we were talking about it before. Obviously, social media that that was that was a huge part of your game this year. What 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 kind of was your first video to pop where you realized like damn, like this is going really well for me. And then just continue to kind of form yourself into a content creator revolved around the Cubs every single day that you went to work. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the first video that I made uh, about my job as a vendor was actually in at the very end of last year. I worked the Harry Styles concert at the United Center selling merchandise. And I made a day in the life video of a Harry Styles merch vendor. And it got like four or 5,000 views. And I was like, huh. I wonder if there's a niche here for content. And I was like, I love my job. I want other to share with other people, share the stories. And uh, some of the guys who've been doing it for half a century. So <laughs> I started making videos like a week before the 2023 baseball season. And the second day or the second home game of the year, I made a day in the life of a Wrigley Field vendor video. And I woke up the next morning and it had like 300,000 views. Someone from the Cubs had reached out to me that worked in their marketing department. Uh, someone from local news reached out wanting to schedule an interview. And that's when it kind of really took off. Um, a week after that, I made my first, which Wrigley Field hot dog vendor has the best hot dog call. And that one exploded and got like 3 million views. And then uh, was off to the races from there. That was the first one I saw. And what was funny was Ben and I went to a game in April, the day before Easter. And I remember seeing you and a couple of the other guys in the video. I remember literally seeing you guys there right after watching the video. I'm like, I'm here supposed to be watching like Dansby Swanson and these players, but the <laughs> celebrities are the ones walking up and down the aisle yelling yacht dogs. So, I I mean, I, I thought it was uh, super funny to see something that I'm so familiar with go so viral on uh, on TikTok. How long have you been in the in the role at Wrigley Field? So this is obviously not your your first year, was it? No, I've uh, I've actually been a seat vendor since 2015. So this was season number eight, I believe. So have you been doing it since like before college as well? Because you seem like a pretty young guy. 
Yeah, I, uh, it was my first job uh, right out of high school. So I started the summer I graduated high school. Um, I also worked at a basketball camp at the same time. So I'd worked at the basketball camp. I lived in the north suburbs of Chicago. And then two of my buddies also got the gig the same year. So we'd work at the camp during the day and then drive down for night games and weekends. Um, and since I graduated college uh, four years ago, I lived downtown in the city. And this past year, I worked I've ended more events than I ever have. Um, so it's fun to create content around a very Cubs and concert centric summer. This might be awkward if the answer is no, but do you have a rock? Do you have a Cubs World Series ring? I wish I had a World Series ring, but uh, I do have the memories of working those games. And for me, diehard Cubs fan, uh, I was going to the University of Illinois in Champaign. And it just so happened that the October playoff schedule uh, in 2016 lined up where all of our home games were over the weekend. So I'd finish class on Thursday. I would drive from Champaign to back to Chicago suburbs, stay with my folks, work the Cubs home games, and then drive back right after the Sunday game. Um, so I worked all I worked six home playoff games that winter, and people were paying 1300 bucks for standing room only, and I was getting paid to sell water in the 100 section behind the dugout. So That's incredible. Uh, I don't need a ring. I'm, I'm good with just being there and, and experiencing Wrigleyville during that time. Something that I've always, whenever I see you guys doing your job at Wrigley Field and really vendors all over the country is you guys got a lot to carry around on that big satchel. And sometimes I'll just be carrying something and my shoulders start to hurt. How do you guys do it for four hours at a time? I bet you that you got pretty strong shoulders after doing it since 2015, but it, it's got to hurt at some point, right? Yeah, some of the products are definitely more awkward and uncomfortable to carry than others. Uh, I love doing the frozen margaritas because they're pretty light, uh, but I've got to commend the 70 plus year olds that have been doing this for legitimately 50 years up and down the aisles carrying beer. Um, a lot of them have had, you know, knee and hip replacements. It's a physically demanding job, but they're still chugging along. Uh, so I'm, I need to do a better job stretching and making sure I'm taking care of myself before and after the game. Cause it definitely is, physically taxing um especially when you know it's 95 degrees in the middle of august you got to make sure you're staying hydrated too so it's uh it's definitely tough but the benefits of it are that you're getting your exercise you're outside and you're uh, hanging with 40,000 cubs fans so can't complain too much i would think like you mentioned with the world series you're hanging around the 100 level when there's a moment where, you know, there's two strikes, there's an opportunity for a walk-off, there's something like that, no one's buying a hot dog or a frozen margarita, so you probably get a chance to turn around and kind of look, right? But is there ever a time where, like, there's a huge play we might remember that you missed because you were doing something like that? Oh, I'm sure there's been plenty of regular season big plays that I've missed. It's the really only time that I get to, like, watch during the game, I would say, especially, like, during the regular season, I'm focused on selling, making sure the fans are – fed and they're uh, well hydrated with water and liquor um i whenever people like stand and give like a standing ovation you know a three two count no one's buying anything then so that's at those points big moments in the game bases loaded full count we got mark Leiter jr coming up to strike out the guy and get out get out of the inning those are the moments i watched during the regular season uh during the playoffs most of the time people are standing so there was a lot more watching um, but during the regular season, I'm just kind of focused on the job and it's just still fun to be in the atmosphere and 
obviously when you hear the crack of the bat, then you turn around and you see everyone on their feet and uh, then you hear whoop, there it is. And you're watching the video board to see, you know, how far did Patrick wisdom hit that home run. Um, but definitely opportunities to watch, but not my main focus during the game. You just did a credible, an incredible job narrating what uh, the experience for a Cubs fan is like at Wrigley Field. But I want to know a little bit about what what you go like, what goes into your what goes in the morning? What's the process like getting to Wrigley Field, going about your job? What, what's that all like for you? For sure. So luckily, I live within walking distance to the stadium, which has been absolutely clutch. Um, vendors show up around right around the time the gates open. Um, so an hour and a half to two hours before the game and prior to the game, you know, I'm making sure I talk about it in my videos. Uh, I'll have my staple breakfast sandwich, make sure I fuel up, have the energy to walk around the stadium, doing some hydrating, especially on those hot days. Um, then we head over and then all the vendors line up in a room and we draft our product for the day. So there's a sheet that has product and section and how many people are going to be able to sell that. And we literally line up in seniority order before the game, the guys that have been doing it for half a century at the front. Uh, I'm still like, if let's say there's a hundred vendors employed, there's more than a hundred vendors, but if there were a hundred, I'm probably 70th in line to kind of give you an idea of where I pick my product. Um, and then it just goes through the line. And when I get up to the table, uh, I've got a sheet in front of me. I see what's filled in, what's not. And then you have to make that split second decision of what you're going to sell that day. What's the undisputed, like Connor Bedard of that draft, like the one, one, I mean, what is well, somebody grabbing? The one, one is always the, uh, Bud Light, Budweiser, Michelob Ultra in the hundred section. Um, so you, you need about 50 years of seniority to get that spot. So I'm only 41 years away. Um, and then generally after that is the, uh, the goose Island also down in the hundred section. Um, so the stadium split into six sections from a vending perspective, there's no vendors in the bleachers and then it's hundreds, two hundreds and upper deck with a line drawn straight up home plate. So that divides that there's three levels and then you cut all of them in half at home plate. Um, I generally sell like alternate alcohol down the first baseline in the hundreds uh, so whether that's like the neutral vodka seltzers that were new this year or the Bud Light seltzer and Goose Island Summer Shandy, frozen margaritas, um, that I'd say I probably did about 75% of the time. You said you liked carrying around the frozen margaritas, but which one of your products or Wrigley Fields products is the most tasking to carry around? And it's just usually make might not be the best day for yourself. It used to be the hot dogs, um, but I guess like midway through this year or three quarters of the way through the year, we got these new hot dog bags and they're not these like giant metal containers anymore. I actually didn't sell hot dogs uh, a single time once we got those new bags. So I'll put an asterisk up there with the hot dogs was most annoying, but TBD, I'll, I'll loop you guys in when I do sell hot dogs for the first time using, uh, using that bag. Uh, the older vendors have appreciated the change of uh, machinery to walk around. It's made it easier and lighter for them. So uh, I trust their judgment, but everything else is not super difficult to carry um, on fast, like on days when things are really flying and selling, especially with beer. Some people will take like double loads or of water on like a 90 degree day. That's when it gets very physically difficult and you're incentivizing yourself to sell as much as possible 
not even because of the monetary aspect, but purely because you don't want to carry it anymore because it's so heavy. All right, let's talk Cubs. Obviously, you watch pretty much every game, so at home at least, so you would you would know. Uh, hell of a season uh, at the day's end. We we talked all about it here on our podcast the whole year. It's been about a month removed now, so we can say you know didn't end the way we wanted, but hell of a season. What were your thoughts overview of of 2023 on the field? Yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. Uh, not a lot of expectations going into the year. We started out hot, then couldn't seem to win a game for our lives, and then we had that stretch in. June or July, I can't remember exactly when that was. And then the faith came back and we were winning baseball games um, and then basically had the worst two weeks of baseball that's humanly possible um, and didn't make the playoffs. But I think it was still a successful season. Um, It was fun to watch the team come together, best middle infield in baseball. Um, I'm pumped for next year. Obviously, I would have loved to have playoff baseball, not only as a fan, but as a vendor, I would have loved to, it's been a while since I've worked a competitive playoff baseball type game in October at Wrigley. Um, so I'm just hoping for that 2024, we can make it back there, but uh, good year. Hopefully the guys get healthy in the off season and we see what this team can put together in 2024 after we hopefully resign Cody Bellinger. You mentioned, you took the question right out of my mouth. What, who do you who besides Bellinger, obviously, is there anyone else that you're kind of looking at for this offseason being a fan that you know you just think would either make our team even better or you just would excite you? I've seen I've seen rumors of a potential Juan Soto trade. That would be exciting for sure. Uh obviously Otani would be unbelievable. It, it's interesting what his value is going to be after this UCL surgery. Um I think the the main guy, honestly, in the Cubs organization that I'm most interested to, that I'm most interested in, hopefully they get healthy, are Brennan Davis and Cody Hewer Hoyer. I never know how to pronounce his name. Um, but I think those are really important pieces that if they can get healthy and get brought back, that we could put together a nice, well-rounded ball club. Yeah, we talk about Cody on the show a fair amount. Um, we had something lined up at one point even to talk to him. Uh, it didn't work out because he didn't play at all last year and wasn't really talking to much media. But I really hope the best for him, especially because I think that could be a, a great piece for totally. this team. Do you guys have a uh, favorite moment from last season? Ooh, we're getting interviewed, Ben. What do you think? Yeah, I'll t- I'll t- I'll tell you right away. Even though it wasn't at Wrigley, easily the Mike Talkman catch in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. That was because what did that extend the win streak to like nine or 10? I think. Yeah. Everyone got bought back in as soon as he made that catch. And then they played pretty good baseball through August, obviously up until that horrible two weeks. So a hundred percent, the Mike Talkman catch, especially being a Chicago kid too, or Illinois. And that, that was just, it was incredible. Totally agree. I'm going to have to say, I so I went to like seven or eight games this past summer at Wrigley, and that was the most for me. And I was proud because I was, you know, I had a full time job for the first time, right? Like an internship. So I was like paying my way to go to these games. Anyway, it was fun. But I ended I got free tickets to go sit. When I would go, I'd buy my own tickets, and the bleachers are like way upstairs. But I got free tickets with a friend to go sit seven rows back behind first base for the game. We ended up winning 20 to nine against the Reds. And that was an incredible experience the whole way through. Um, I remember thinking like, wow, this is an awesome view. Like I really hope 
one of these guys cracks one right past us into the into the bleachers and there ended up being you know the most in Cubs history for a single game or whatever it was so um it was uh it was that and more so you're I mean you're probably in that near zone then kind of near there you said you're more on the first base side usually in that zone most of the time yeah yeah I mean I saw plenty of balls go in that direction I was actually down the first baseline uh, normally after the last call ends um, I'll still stick around, you know, for an inning and just hang out. And there's a couple ushers I like to watch the last inning with. Um, but I was there for the Morel walk off against the Sox and got an unbelievable video of it. Um, but that for me, I think was pride. Just watch the ball go right in front of my face down the first baseline in the right field. And that was pretty magical. Magical is the right word. And I think that could be what sums up Wrigley Field to, to everybody. I've always wondered, because I mean, I've obviously had aspirations for working at Wrigley Field or for the Cubs and as has Ben, and I think we all have. Does the magic still come to you every single day when you're there every single day or does it wear off? Every game. I walk up the tunnel and like the, the tunnel, uh, the uh, from the concourse to the seats. Right. Um, it feels like I'm walking out of a tunnel onto the field. Uh, but every time it, it, Somehow I've probably worked 300 games now or more over my eight year career. Um, and it somehow continues to get more magical. And I've had the opportunity to see it when it's empty, which not a lot of Cubs fans really get to experience, but an empty Wrigley field is just as cool as a 42,000 standing room only Wrigley field. It's just like, it's got this aura about it. Um, I'm very eager to get back. I'm actually working this weekend, the uh, Iowa versus Northwestern football game. Nice. So it's been, uh, it's been a long six weeks since I've been back at the stadium and uh, I will definitely be cherishing those three hours that I get until uh, April of 24. Is the plan to continue ushering as long as you possibly can, or is it going to be like a side job for you? I, we looked into a little bit and saw that you are currently the CEO of Bractology, if you want to get a little bit into that as well. Totally. Yeah. So the goal is for me to always, as long as I'm physically able and living in the area, uh, I would love to bend. Uh, I always make jokes to the older guys like that I'm going to beat their record and I'm going to be the first 80 year old that's going to be a seat vendor. Um, but yeah, it's been really nice to be able to use that as like my income as I run my own company. So I run bracketology.tv. It's a uh, fantasy gaming company for reality television shows. So we do like fantasy football and Mark Madness style brackets for Big Brother, The Bachelor, Survivor. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Um, and it having the like the flexibility to go to the games and work the games whenever I want or need to. Um, and then also having the flexibility of being my own boss and working on my startup whenever I need to has been great. Um, so as bummed as I am that the Cubs didn't make it farther into postseason baseball it's been really nice the past month to just focus on the startup and content creation um so it's definitely i don't know if i could have possibly had a busier summer than this past six months especially adding the content creating on top of it um but luckily all three things that i do i love all of them so uh they always say if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life when you do three things at the same time that you love it's Starts to feel like work a little bit, but it's good work. Let's talk about content creation. Yeah, you've done an awesome job with that. I've been following you on TikTok. Uh, we follow you on our 120 pod account. I saw that, but I uh, was also kind of scrolling through today, jogging my memory. 
you had these awesome TikToks from a couple weeks ago about your stats for the year. I don't know if you can go off the dome at all with some of that, or if you have a piece of paper, but like, just run us through that for our listeners that might not know. It was insane. Yeah, totally. I can, whatever I can remember off the top of my head, I can share. Um, I think I ended up working 66 games and 20 concerts. Um, I sold the most dollar amount of product in frozen margaritas. I sold like $25,000 worth of frozen margaritas during the season. Um, sold, I think like 15 grand worth of neutral vodka seltzer. Uh, I was averaging 145 hot dogs sold per game when I sold hot dogs, which is pretty good. Comes in uh, loads of 50. And the goal is always to do around three loads. So it was nice to see that that was the average. Um, I don't know what other interesting ones are out there. In terms of attendance, we had a good attendance season. I think the average attendance was like 33,000 for the 66 home games that I worked. The pitch clock definitely affected sales, um, just in terms of like net sales and game time and time to the seventh inning stretch. Last year, we were looking at like two hours and 20 minutes, and this year was like exactly two hours. So it cut like the pitch clock cut into our sales time, like about 10%. Uh, I do think more people stayed in their seats to order food from us instead of, you know, get up and risk missing a quick inning or two if you're waiting in the concession line. So I don't think it affected the actual dollar amount too much, um, but definitely something that I'm going to be watching as the, the years go on with the pitch clock. It's absurd, but you mentioned concerts. And you've been working there since 2015. Is there any specific concert you're working, obviously, but is there any specific concert that you've just, it was the best one you're getting the concerts. You're, you're paying to work concerts. How that's gotta be such a cool feeling. Oh, it's the best. Uh, I also sell concert merch at soldier field. So this year okay. I got three Taylor Swift shows, which was incredible. She puts on quite a performance um, at Wrigley. I think, I mean, you can't beat the Dead & Company crowd. Yeah. Uh, they're always fun to see every year. Um, a few years ago, I worked Lady Gaga, and she puts on a show. Um, that's probably the probably the best show that I saw. Um, a lot of times I am selling merchandise in the trailer outside uh, of, in, Gall in the Gallagher Way area, and then I'll try to go in and, and seat vend for an hour or two during the actual concert. Um, but, yeah, I mean – you can't beat work in those concerts. It's just, it's so much fun. This is a little bit off topic. I'm going to go back to the one that you were talking about before um, because it was cool to hear about the concerts, but you mentioned the pitch clock, bringing down net sales and uh, with the less time Miller park and a few other places had like these rumors, they were gone and they eventually did wave the last call. Was there ever that discussion at Wrigley? Do you think that's ever possible or. I don't think there was ever that discussion. Um, I don't know though. It, it's possible. We already, so the, the big misconception at Wrigley is that last call is the end of the seventh inning every game, which is not true. For day games, last call is the end of the eighth. It always has been. We didn't extend our time. For night games, it's the end of the seventh. Um, and then I think every other stadium, there were at least four to six stadiums that extended last call through the end of the eighth, even top of the ninth, I believe. Um, I don't think they're going to do that. Um, I Obviously, like it would be good for us from a selling perspective, but you definitely have to weigh the safety concerns of people drinking all the way to the end of the game and then Correct. Yeah. potentially operating a vehicle. So I, I'm in support of keeping our last call rules as they are, um, even if it means less money for everyone. 
I think as much of a viral sensation as you became this year, you also made another Wrigley Field vendor a viral sensation in Antonio. I mean, any Cubs game that you watch, you will hear his voice in the background and you will hear it echo across Wrigley Field. What kind of person is he? Because I just can't get a read on <laughs> because of his loud hot dog call. Antonio's the sweetest dude of all time. Uh, he's just uh, he's also an incredibly hard worker. So he's always one of the first vendors out there. Um, he's an incredible hot dog salesman. Uh, oftentimes you'll, when it's really hot, he'll sell lemonade and he yells frozen lemonade, lemon chill about as loud as he does hot dogs, which is pretty unbelievable. Um, but, uh, a story about him, we, uh, I did a video with the Cubs for national hot dog day and then WGN reached out, uh, about, you know, getting to chat with Antonio and, and I live in studio. Um, so we went in the studio he was just kind of like in awe and he had so much adrenaline going a natural in front of the camera. And then the interview ended, we walked outside. I offered him a ride back home and he said that he had so much energy that he was going to walk all the way back to his house. He's like, I can't sit right now. Like I just got to walk. I was like, you know where you're going? He's like, I'm just walking. Um, so <laughs> he's had a ton of fun with it. Also it's like sometimes fans will, DM me photos that they take with him. Um, and a lot of the other vendors have had a, a, just a blast this past year getting recognized from the TikTok videos. And uh, it's it's fun for me to see them get recognized for their work, their hard work that they've put in their entire lives. Uh, a lot of these guys, like there's no one that's been at Wrigley Field longer than the longest standing vendors, not owners, not players, not fans, grounds crew. It's, it's the vendors that are kind of like, the, the core of the organization and my goal in making the videos was to highlight uh, the older vendors and make sure that they got recognized for a, a job well done. You always do an awesome job. You guys all as a collective to adding the atmosphere of Wrigley field. Uh, I've been to a couple of different stadiums and it's nothing, nothing beats it. You guys are awesome. Um, the Wrigley field vendors, you have, you literally have your own voice. Um, and I think that's true about, about all these, all those things you were saying. Um, where is Antonio rank on the, on the draft list? He's actually not super far up. I think he started in Oh three. Uh, so he's probably right in the middle is my guess. That's crazy. That Oh three doesn't even get you to the, to the top half. I was born in Oh two. That's horrifying. Uh, but my goodness. Yeah. He, he, uh, he's put in 20 good years. Um, but the guy that's been there the longest, uh, his name's David Komarov. We call him Hopper. Uh, this past season was his 60th. So, wow. yeah, 20 years just doesn't do it. You you don't quit being a vendor because it's, especially at Wrigley Field, it's just the best part-time job in the world. Um, so you do it until you physically can't. It's generally the, the rule of thumb. That is awesome. Jonah, we, we appreciate you doing this today. Anything you want to say about the Cubs or or your job or anything like that before we let you go? I just appreciate you having me on. Uh, keep grinding away and being Cubs fans and spreading the, the love of the Cubs and talking to people who share that similar love. And uh, when you guys get to Wrigley Field, I think next year there's a couple of hot dogs with your name on it. If you were born in 02, oh, you actually will be able to purchase a beverage. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we got some business to transact in 2024, I think. I will most definitely take you up on that. Yeah. 2023 was my first season where I could purchase a beverage at Wrigley Field. So uh, yeah, neutral and a hot dog or a Bud Light and a hot dog sounds just about right. Done deal. 
consider it. Uh, hopefully you, you down one of those. And uh, at the same time, you see Seiya Suzuki hitting a 435 foot home run to dead center. That's the hope. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. National League runner-up manager of the year, Craig Council. That's the subject for the third and final segment of today's episode. First, thank you to Jonah for doing that interview with us. Really fun. Uh, I look forward to talking to him again. Ben, we're going to have to take him up on that offer to get back to Wrigley Field. By the time you're 21, and maybe we'll get some drinks and a hot dog or two. I'm excited. That was that was just such an awesome interview. Once again, thank you so much to Jonah. And yeah, we're definitely going to have to take him up on that offer because he seemed pretty pretty clear about getting us a beer and a hot dog <laughs> rounding third on this new episode of 120 as i mentioned yeah craig council's been kind of a focal point for our last three episodes but we're recording this on a tuesday night the day after the monday press conference for craig council and the chicago cubs where he officially became the manager of your chicago cubs ben watched i watched the quote that's circulating all around social media funny enough i just kind of had it out in the background but i don't even really directly remember him saying this but this is like the big one Quote, it's time to be a Cub. There's momentum happening here, and it feels close. And that means there's a really exciting future ahead of us. And now it's my job to be part of taking us to that next level. And that's the plan. Craig Council, who a man of few words I learned. I, yeah. I never really knew that about the guy. I knew he was like not, you know, the most Coach Prime, boisterous talk. But I but I never knew how quiet he was. He's just there. Gets in, gets out, and gets some wins. Dom's going to love him. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That was the first time I think I've ever heard his voice, too. Yeah. Something that I noticed that he kept saying across his interview, he said it multiple times, was he loves the health of the Cubs organization. And that's a really interesting quote that I kept pandering on because I want to know what he means by that. Does he mean internally with the way that the core we have in place right now on top of the great farm system? And I just and I texted Mikey as soon as the press conference ended and it just, it's still, I just want to know that pitch. I want to know what he said. They didn't really touch on it. That's how the Cubs roll at this point. Everything that is out there, they keep very in-house. And I just want to know what that pitch was because Jed also said in a 670 interview that he couldn't tell uh, Craig his entire offseason plan because of the fact that if Craig decided to go somewhere else, he has a, a ton of insight on the Cubs. On the Cubs, yeah. So whatever Jed and Tom, I don't even think Tom met with Craig, uh, whatever he said to him must have been just an incredible pitch for, you know, one of the best managers in baseball to come on over the Chicago Cubs. Two things about David Ross or one directly related to David Ross and one kind of related. First, I love the part where he was saying Rossi texted him or called him. I, th or I think Rossi texted and Craig called him back to answer almost immediately before the news even broke after they had both been told, but the world didn't know yet, which is awesome. Um, and just makes me feel even worse because David Ross is such a great guy. Yeah. But I, think this, I think the second thing is that has to do with that is it, it goes to show all this talk about council saying he didn't really realize or didn't really consider doesn't care that the brewers are going to brewers fans are going to hate him for this like he doesn't even really think about it it's just like he kept telling people like i didn't really even consider it it's just business it's just trying to win baseball games it's just business it's nothing personal it's it's just business and that is kind of the thing with the david ross situation i think council coming in could apply that to ross getting fired it can apply that to leaving you know the team he played six years for and, and nine years as a coach he just wants to win and he wants to get in and get out and do it with a, like you said, healthy organization. And I think that is really great. He's not here for revenge. He's here for his own sake. Yeah. And I, 
I'm I'm excited. I, I there, we've I feel like we've been repeating for the last three episodes how excited we are because it's just an awesome thing to have. You bring in a winning manager that you're you're improving on the margins, and I'm just I'm excited to see what comes with it. I'm I'm really interested to see how this coaching staff sh- staff shakes up because yeah. I really really hope that they return Tommy Hadovy because he has been crucial to the Cubs success I guess you could say over the last year and a half um I know that Pat one rumor that I saw when the council news first broke was that Pat Murphy was going to come over to Chicago to be council's bench coach that's not the case anymore because Pat Murphy just got hired as the Brewers manager to lead that team rip that job for Rossi we thought we thought there was a chance no but I I think uh I think it's a great point Ben Council is just going to do a lot of great things for this team. And that quote that keeps circulating around Instagram and Twitter is kind of the bottom line of what we've been saying for the last two weeks, right? We've been a broken record. This team is, is reaching that new level is proving that they are going to compete with this signing. And like you said, it's time to be a Chicago cub. And it's the, it's truly the start of quote, the next great Cubs team. We thought we saw it last year, but that was maybe the, the beginning, but I think it's time to actually like, Okay, we're in the era now. Go win. It's very, it's eerily familiar, and I think everyone realizes it's, it's eerily familiar from that move over from 2014, yeah. 15 to now 16, and that this is like that 2015 when Joe Madden came in with Craig Council. And speaking of which, the Ben Zobrist of this team, on you know the most huge level right he's not just ben zobers he's not just any free agent that can take your team to the next level no he's the greatest two-way player of all time that guy his name is starting to get shuffled around every deck on twitter and instagram in shohei otani as the free agent that can put the cubs over the edge and i never really believed the hype i didn't even want to believe the hype pre-craig council and now it's all kind of clicking there's a lot of rumors out there ben we could we could stick the fishing line in and just pull out a rumor every day. I mean, he's Shohei's done on the Mets. Shohei doesn't care about geography. Shohei wants to win. Shohei likes the Braves. Shohei, you know, would consider the Cubs again. I mean, it's just constant, but you have to kind of pick through the weeds and acknowledge that the Cubs are in on these sweepstakes. Oh, hundred percent. And it's, as you said, you never really wanted to believe it. And I never going into this offseason, even after the council signing, like in the aftermath of it, the very quick aftermath, I never even, my mind never even pondered on Shohei Otani because it was like, it's the big fish. It's yeah. the white whale. It's the white whale of all free agents in years. Yeah. But now these rumors are just picking up and every single one is involving the Chicago Cubs, and it's just absurd to me that this is a real thing. The betting odds is the thing that gets me the most excited because of how quickly it changed. Uh, I think last week they were plus 2,000, and then the rumor mill started to kick in, and they're now three and a half to one, fav- not favorites, but second to yeah. the Dodgers to get Shohei Otani, which is just just absurd, man. I it, the, the, the chance to even throw your name to get Otani and have him, you know, pitch what you did to Craig Council to Otani to try and get him over to Chicago is just just the feeling of having your name in that and potentially getting him over would just be the opportunity of a lifetime. And I mm-hmm. I will see obviously what unfolds here in the next couple of weeks. I think he'll be 
I think everyone's kind of waiting to see what he does before the rest of the free agents kind of break through and sign with their respective teams because really the team, all the teams with the big dollars are in on this guy. I, I found it interesting. One of the takes that was swir- swirling around yesterday was this take that Shohei Otani does not care about being as far west as possible anymore as he did the first time around in 2017, 2018. It, do you believe that? Do you, do you think that's actually true? Or do you think he's still leaning towards a Dodgers-ish team because he would rather be a little bit more west? And does that turn him off from a Yankees? I don't know. It's Every day there's a new rumor with him, as you said before. It's the geography. It's potentially taking a shorter term contract, which I know Jed would just love that if that was the possibility of a seven year deal with a higher AAV or even less than that with potential opt outs. Right. I still think the West Coast plays a huge factor, especially if the Dodgers throw him a truckload of money. I don't think he would have any problem just staying on the West Coast and playing for the Dodgers. But it just goes back to. When, when did he get posted? 2017, I think it was now. He yeah. got posted in 2017, and the only teams that he talked to were West Coast teams, besides one, and that was the Chicago Cubs. And rumor has it, the pitch that they offered to Otani was very compelling. It's just the time wasn't necessarily right when they talked to him back then, because when they did, there was no DH in the National League. He would have had to learn how to play the outfield, which I he's the greatest player of all time. I guarantee you he would have picked it up just fine. But it's more of the the plausibility of being able to pitch and then DH on the days you're not pitching. Right. Now, DH is in the National League. The Cubs have a lot of money. They're moving into this new direction of the next great Cubs team. I think the Cubs have a real chance to get this thing done. Obviously, we're going to have to see how the rumors unfold as we get closer to those winter meetings because I think he'll sign right around then. But just to have your name in that potential and just the way that the rumors have just kind of encapsulated, it's really all you've kind of heard over the last two weeks now is Cubs and Dodgers and then the Mariners and Mets and Braves have kind of floated around. But right now it really feels like it's the Cubs and Dodgers uh, race to lose. It's just so interesting that he did consider the Cubs when he did, and it probably did come down to that DH. I know they asked Jed about that the other day when they had a chance to talk to him on the score, and he was yeah, yeah, probably had something to do with it, but as always, he was kind of beating around the bush with it. And he would he would just DH this year, so I could see him he I could see him going a bit shorter term. I still, if I had to bet on it, like if I had a hundred dollars and they said, do what makes you feel most confident without your blue and red glasses, I would put on additional blue and white and red glasses and do the Dodgers. Yeah. But I'm still, I don't know, man. I mean, the real literal Vegas odds are going for the or, well, second for the Cubs. And so I think there should be some hope, some hype around this. Like, I think I'm starting to buy into it a little bit. And there's plenty of other options if it doesn't work out. But I think it's a total possibility. Wouldn't it be crazy and just such a sign and omen of where this Cubs team is going if they had the highest paid manager in baseball history and the highest paid player in baseball history on roster after this offseason? I mean, that tell a Cubs fan that five years ago. One thing that I think that's so important in this all is the fact that the Cubs should do this. They have every right to put as much 
chips into Otani as they possibly can because of the benefits that can come with it. You're telling me that you're going to get two of the highest paid Japanese players of all time on the same roster to fan favorites in Japan. If, if you have Otani with say Suzuki, you know how much that can bring in just mm. for the Cubs in terms of profit. And then that's not even mentioning the possibility of bringing in Yamamoto as well. If that's what's going to cross their pass as well, they, they have every right to invest in this and try and get it done because of the potential benefits that could come with going forward and making that cap space and putting as much money into the product on the field as possible. They have to start playing a few games a year in Japan, like the Jags in London, right? They're going to, they're going to so have so many, fun. so many Japanese Cubs fans that they're going to, they're going to have to have uh, a Wrigley field, Japan. That'd be sick. I mean, I would yeah. love to go there. We'll have to do a live episode in like 10 years from there, Ben, it's been, it's been an honor doing another episode of 120. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Cause this is our, this is our last episode before the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm thankful for all of our listeners and for you and for doing 120 for almost a full year now. Yeah, a hundred percent. So thankful for all, all you guys that have been paying attention. We've seen a lot of growth over the past couple months. I, I'm excited for this off season. I didn't, I knew this was going to be a big off season, but the way that it started and the way that things seem to be trending, it's exciting. And you got to be behind the cubbies, make sure you're keeping up with that rumor mill, because I think things are going to pick up real fast. And by the time that we come back after the Thanksgiving holiday, because we will not be having an episode next week with the holiday. When we come back, I think we're going to have a really good idea of what's potentially going down here. Definitely more talk as we get into the winter meeting space. More Crosstown trivia coming up here in the coming weeks. No set dates, I don't believe yet. Uh, potentially one later this week, you said, right? But it depends yeah. when you can get those guys in for the semifinal. Big celebrities in the in the, in the the Crosstown trivia tournament, now that I'm not in it anymore. Those guys got schedules. You got to go through their agents and stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure, right? I, now I, that I'm not in it, I helped write questions actually last night. Yeah, no, I wasn't was, doing it before. That was very appreciative. I, uh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, I appreciate everyone for keeping up with Crosstown as well. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, the support has been awesome. And uh, we're wrapping up here shortly. Two more episodes left. And before we crown a champion, congrats to Dom on beating Mikey and going to the championship. And we got one more match before we get there between Nick Kane and John. And then we get to crown a Crosstown Trivia Classic champion. All White Sox fans, though. That's the only part that kind of sucks. Ooh. You should have, you gotta rig it one way. It's, you know, the standard <laughs> the standard's been set now because you're doing we're a Cubs podcast channel that is doing this on YouTube now, and the White Sox fans are the final three. Ugh. We maybe we'll do a Cubs fans only one to kind of cleanse the palate coming up next. Or we have a lot of random other fans who want to do it too. So we'll have to see. We'll have something coming down. For sure. I I'm excited for the future of that as well. Go Cubs.